Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of Today on SNTR Presents. And today we're talking about Cyberpunk. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 is still kind of in bad shape. It's still in a rough spot. And they recently talked around it, didn't really uh, answer directly. We will be reading their quotations later in this episode about what is going on with multiplayer. Was it canceled? Is it happening? It was going to be standalone. We don't really know. If you're listening to this episode elsewhere, you can always catch me live at sntrlive.com. sntrlive.com. We'll bring you to these live streams where we do them live on YouTube. And I'm going to be reading through poll responses. I, I asked a very simple question, right? I asked a very simple question. Cyberpunk 2077, is multiplayer a deal breaker for you? Why or why not? Now, I thought this was going to be a little bit of a closer poll result, right? 80 said no, it's not a deal breaker. They're like, I don't care about that. So this wasn't a huge draw, at least from the sampling we took this morning. You know, 502 people voted. Now, 13% said yes, it is a deal breaker. There may have been people that looked at this game and thought, I want to play that with my friends, I want to go online. I hope there's sort of an online experience, and it not having that is a bit of a deal breaker. Now, a lot of folks might look at this and say, That's not even why it's a deal breaker. I don't want to play the game because it's in a terrible state or it doesn't even run on the old consoles well or I can't even get it. uh, I I can't even get it in the PlayStation Store, right? There could be a litany of reasons. So we're going to read through these responses. If you're here right now, be sure to leave a response on the poll. Uh, Right now, if we cross over into 600 votes, I'll refresh the results and we're about 25 away. Uh, Robert Jones says... Not a deal breaker. Didn't even know it was going to be a thing. I'm waiting for patches before I check it out. This is something that I really stressed this morning. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 updates can bring it forward, but it'll take a while. It will. It's going to take a while. It's it's not going to be fast. I actually predict that it's going to be closer to next year before this game can have its, as I call it, a No Man's Sky moment. It's... It's not going to be immediate. Even the most recent patch, okay? Even the most recent patch, there is literally no way you can look at the results from that patch and think, yeah, dude, game's right as rain, right back on target, right back on the mark. This is everything they marketed. This is everything that that we wanted to see. I, 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 no one can say that seriously. Now, we got pushback this morning from people that are like, most of the people that dog this game have never even played it. You know, I've never played it. I don't know if they're taking a direct or an indirect shot at me. I'm not trashing the game. I'm just going to tell you, as a consumer, I saw the reviews, I saw the gameplay, and I thought it was laughable. I thought the game looked terrible. It looked bush league. It looked like it was made by some small studio. It did not look like it was made by CD Projekt Red. It did not seem like the game that we were promised. CD Projekt Red had become sort of renowned and respected in the industry for everything they did with The Witcher 3. And I know a lot of people pointed to The Witcher 3 and they said the structure of that game, the DLC, the way they treated it, the way they the way they approached it. My goodness, why don't more games do that? And it's very simple. Not a lot of people know this, but The Witcher 3 was funded by essentially a, 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 a grant from the government, okay? Um, I don't know about that, Hilly. That could be cool. Maybe for the Friday nights when we do it. That might actually be kind of neat. Um, but the, 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 the way, the way that this game was marketed and, and the way that they became like renowned and respected for everything to do with the Witcher three, a lot of people don't realize that they, they look at the Witcher three and they don't, they don't, they don't think 
that maybe there's something different happened there. Now, people informed me this morning that The Witcher 3 actually launched and was really glitchy and was really buggy in the beginning and they, you know, they ended up fixing a lot of it and then they, they were really, really cool and chill and awesome with all the DLC and all the great things that they did with the game. What, they, what people don't realize is, again, that game was independently published because they got a grant from the government. Now, that all changes when you start getting into a bigger title. That all changes when you got deadlines, when you got to push things out. Because they were known as saying, it'll be ready when it's ready. It'll come out when it come out, you know. And then in, they launched it. And now we got devs saying it should have launched. It wouldn't have been ready until 2022. So like it launched super early. So they fall, they fall pretty hard from grace with that. Like a lot of people in the industry just can't believe, like, is this CD Projekt Red? Is this the company that got so much praise and got so much you know adulation and respect from what they did with witcher 3 so for me i'm not dogging on the game you know i've never even played it how can you dog on the game i'm speaking as a consumer i looked at the game at launch i read i I read the reviews i saw the gameplay of old gen and i said my word what happened this is a disaster this is a complete and utter disaster and when the recent patch came out, I thought, all right, let's check this. Let's check this out. I, you know, I, I went and looked at the gameplay. I went and looked at some of the uh, the coverage of the patch. And I said to myself, th- th- this is nothing. Th- th- you know, driving isn't terrible now. That That's not... There is so much... If you're, if you're having to address how bad the driving is in this game, this game has a long way to go. And it would be my prediction that summer or late next year this game can have a no man's sky moment it can have this this we're 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 delivering a dlc it's an update the whole game has been combed over we've patched and 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 polished all along the way no man's sky has had 15 free updates since it launched five years ago cyberpunk can do this they can if there's a developer that can turn a game around it's cd project red I think the biggest thing standing in their way is the old gen consoles. I personally think that's the biggest thing standing in their way. They're going to have to continue to try to rectify that problem and it's going to be a lot of wasted resources and time and energy. And that's unfortunate because there are tons of people, there are tons of people uh, that that still have the old consoles that are going to want to play it and a lot of people can't even get the new consoles. They can't even get them. They can't even they can't even buy them to enjoy the game at, at a at a higher you know performance. Maybe you have like a really nice PC, you know, and you think the game is fine. Generally speaking, there are tons of people. The the lion's share of the console marketplace is still on old gen tech. The next big patch is not slated until the fall. Right. My advice would be to people playing it or waiting to play it is to wait. You see, okay, the next big patch is slated for the fall. That means they're taking their time. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a big one, right? That's why I think, yeah, sometimes next year they can have their rising from the ashes moment. This game should have been on new gen only. It makes me worry about uh, Microsoft and their plan to keep games spanned across the generations. You know why I'm not worried about that with respect to Microsoft? Because PC games have been doing it for years. PC games have been doing it for years. You can buy a game on PC. And if you got a system that looks like something out of the future and like Tron himself built it, and then I've got like an older outdated system, 
you can always dumb down the settings for me. I can always go in and turn certain things off, right? So I don't, I'm not worried about Microsoft creating that spectrum. I believe games can be created with a spectrum of performance. It obviously has to be done from the very beginning. It's, it has to be done from the very beginning. The thing is, Cyberpunk is a good game. The aesthetic and the immersion is there. The character building is there. The story is there. It's the mechanics and the bugs that are leaving a bad taste. If people can wait and play for the first time or play it again, it'll be brand new way, and it'll be a way better experience. Uh, the one that we're all waiting for. That That's the issue, isn't it? You can't have a story told. The, the story that they're trying to tell, you can't really effectively tell that story with glitches and bugs and shoddy performance. It completely ruins it. It just completely ruins it. I don't think there's a single device with computing and display uh, that can be modified to run Doom. I don't think there's a single device with computing and display that can be modified to run Doom. I'm confused by what you just typed, Gilly. I think, are you, did you mess up? That can't be modified to run Doom. There it is. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. There's not a single device in computing and display that can't be modified to run Doom. Right, they can, they can tone it all down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to create the game from the very, very beginning with that understanding of agility and what sort of graphical fidelity and bells and whistles can we trim down to make it run on an old gen console and make it look like, you know, a photo real game on any on the upper on the upper uh, performance, uh, you know, platforms or or like on a PC for that matter. So. Cyberpunk is 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 in a weird lane of they tried to get the game to run on old gen but my gosh it's to me it's like the, it's like the difference between a game that is built for old gen and then they try to get it to run on new gen so this is some of my speculation about um some of my speculation about Outriders, okay? Let me, let's let's tie the two uh, topics together. I feel that Outriders was created for old gen, which is why high frame rate cutscenes, high frame rate in general, and PC especially, has a lot of the performance issues. Why? It's essentially an old gen game ported to new gen performance, and it creates instability. If you remember really, really old video games, you would buy like a new computer and you would take that game and you would crank up the frames per second and you'd get all kind of weird artifacting and tearing and weird performance from the game because the game wasn't designed to run at that level. You have to do a performance patch. You can't just install a game on your PlayStation 5 and be like, it'll be better. No, they got to patch it so that it can actually harness the power and run in a stable way. I believe that Outriders was designed for old-gen consoles in its early stages, and there's a lot of old-gen yuck in in the crust. It's just baked in, and they're trying to smooth all that out. It's why PC had stuttering. It's why there's screen tearing in the cutscenes. It's why all the cutscenes were set to 30 FPS, and when they got bumped up to 60, you get all kind of weird things happening in the cutscenes, right? I'm playing Outriders on the Xbox Series X, and I get super weird bugs during the cutscenes. It's really, really bizarre, okay? So that's my theory about Outriders. Cyberpunk feels like the inverse of that. Cyberpunk feels like they developed a game for next-gen souped-up PC systems. We want this game to be mind-blowing. We want everything to shine and jiggle. 
wanted to look real and be insane. And then they realize we're going to have to port this down to old gen. Oh, well, frick. Uh, that's not going to work. You're trying to shove a watermelon through a garden hose. It won't go. <laughs> it won't go. It's a bottleneck on a bottleneck. So they shove this game down on old consoles. Ooh, what is this? It looks like, I told people, it like melted plastic. Outriders crashes four to five uh, times in a PlayStation on the Xbox One X. <laughs> it seems like they just developed a game regardless of gen. I don't know which game you're talking about. When I look at Outriders, all of the symptoms, all of the problems lead me to a diagnosis of this is old gen. This is old gen, and they, they're porting it to new gen. It's essentially an old console game ported to new tech is what it is. That's what I feel like is going on with Outriders. I feel that Cyberpunk's in another category. Cyberpunk is attempting to to take a newer game and shove it backwards, is what it feels like. I think Cyberpunk, after the first major delay, changed focus toward middle-gen Xbox One X and the PS Pro, but it still has not perks on the new consoles, but it's crap on the launch consoles. If this was developed for new-gen, it wouldn't take a year to get the upgrade. I, I I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe they got carried away with tech advancements and textures and graphics and this and that, and then they then all of a sudden it became it, that's called scope creep, right? Maybe they just had fidelity scope creep, and the game just got away from them, and they're like, this isn't gonna run well on old consoles. What in the frick did you do? You can't do that kind of lighting, shading, texture mapping, rendering, character movement. You can't do that on old gen. What not, What on earth? It's not going to work. It could have just been basic scope creep of how, how much graphical fidelity can we jam into this game. It might not even be what I'm saying. But it doesn't look like they developed this game with old gen in mind. It's, 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 it's bizarre. It's bizarre. And if it was meant to come out, if the developers are saying it wasn't going to be ready till 2022, maybe at some point they thought, oh, by the time this comes out, we'll be able to leave old gen behind. I, I don't know. Again, we, we just don't know. Uh, it's it's we don't we don't work there. The game only had the hype it did because it was CD Projekt Red, same as Anthem with Bioware. Their downfall, not having a CDCI effective pipeline to develop their stuff. There are several analyses out there that shows how management effed up. Uh, leading the whole project to a downfall. Sounds like the same thing we learned about Anthem. It was in the pre-production. It's pre-production and planning. You know? If you're new and enjoying the conversation, we're reading through comments on the poll. So use that poll command. Throw your hat in a ring. Leave a comment. Leave a vote. We now have over 600 votes on the poll. Is multiplayer a deal breaker to you? When we're done reading through these responses, I am going to be combing through both interviews and statements made by CD Projekt Red. One literally was in an article yesterday about how the game is still not in the Sony store. Next comment on the poll, Animus Control says, The world certainly looks interesting but I want to explore it with friends. That's why I never picked up the game despite all the hype. If anytime I approach a game back in the day, it was always about the multiplayer. Um, it was always about the multiplayer. I remember picking up the game Rage. If you remember the first game, it was called Rage. And 
it they marketed it to fans of uh, Borderlands was how they marketed and they said that the game was going to have co-op it was going to have co-op and they marketed it to fans of uh, Borderlands and me and my buddy had played a bunch of Borderlands and we were really really excited and we get rage and we dive in um, hey cootie uh, we, we, we get in there and the co-op was this separate offshoot thing it was not it was not a part of the main game it was like these it was like this car thing so sorry I'm, I'm recording if you were going to try and come and show me something you'll have to show me later okay oh okay uh, $10 from Reaper love the show keep it up brother high quality content as always no matter the subject thank you Reaper for the $10 tip through super chat um Cyberpunk only has eight years of false marketing and memes, nothing else. If it was any other game, people would have already forgotten it and it would die. Uh, it seems like an oversimplification. I, I, I don't necessarily know if that is the summary I would hang my hat on. Um, I, yeah. I, in, in, in any case, when, when I look at this situation and I look at you know the, the multiplayer aspect and that it's lacking... Every player is different. When I look at certain games, I don't ever consider multiplayer at all. When I see uh, God of War or whatever, Horizon Zero Dawn, even Outriders initially, I'm like, I'll just play by myself. I I like doing that. And then later I'll hook up uh, and and, and play with other players. But Cyberpunk to me, when I looked at it, I'll be honest with you, I couldn't tell exactly what they wanted the game to be. It always looked like it's it's going to be cyberpunkish, obviously, because of the name. But it's also going to be all about choices, and it's going to be very adult and very violent. Like, what on earth? This game looks crazy. I actually had a really hard time grappling with what the game was going to be about. Right now, around the time it launched, I was like, I can't play that. You know, it's that's not going to square with my brand because uh, of all the content or whatever. Um. And so I, I never once had expectations about multiplayer, but I do understand why, as I told you my, my, my experience with Rage, the game Rage, if a game appeals to me and, and oh, it's going to have multiplayer and then it doesn't, or like, like with Rage, it's all like off and sequestered on its own, uh, on its own thing, I, I immediately get kind of irritated. We basically just uninstall Rage, which is unfortunate because at the time I wasn't looking for a single player game. The first Rage was a great single player game, but that wasn't what I was looking for. So, the game was never about the multiplayer for me. I was always in it for the single player experience. Imagine a marketing and dev team changing the game's focus over eight years. Well, and that just goes to show you that you shouldn't be marketing a game that far in advance, probably, right? Scope's gonna move. Scope scope of the game's gonna creep. Vision's going to shift. It's going to adjust. Talk to Sean Murray about that. I mean, talk to that guy about doing interviews well before you should. You know, a lot can happen. Games should be way more hesitant to start talking about the project until it's until it's ready to go. I would say, if I worked at a company and I was in charge, I would say, we are not going to start marketing this game until it's silver silver what's that okay silver means we're close enough to concept and conceptual phase that we won't shift very much too much of the game's been built and established and there's the game is too it's too concrete now that when we go from silver to gold 
we're, there's not going to be enough scope shift and vision shift. We can start promoting the game now. We're not going to promote the game when it's in conceptual phase. We're not going to promote the game when it's in scaffolding or bronze, right? Concept, scaffolding, bronze, silver, gold. Like, those would be the phases I would establish for the company and say, when we're in conceptual phase or scaffolding or bronze, you shut the frick up. You don't talk about this game. You don't say a word to the press, right? Once we get to silver, proof of concept, trailers, gameplay, this is what the game's going to be. And the difference between silver and gold isn't going to be a completely different game because you're not marketing it for literally five years. You're marketing it for maybe one year, maybe two at most. There is nothing worse than seeing a game trailer and it doesn't even have a year at the end of it. You're like, why the frick did you show this to me? Why? It would be like going to a restaurant and they and they roll out the meats that they have and you're like oh that ribeye we don't have any ribeyes why'd you show it to me you'd be livid you'd be like why would you do that I'm sitting here salivating over it why would you roll that out here you show me a trailer E3 2021 all digital and then they show you a trailer like, that game looks crazy when's it coming out we have no idea <laughs> we just wanted to show you this why <laughs> Why? I, I'm not even big on watching a trailer in 2021 and it shows 2022. But at least when it shows 2022, I'm like, oh, okay, cool, next year. Cool, 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 next year. Not bad, not bad, not bad. Even nowadays, though, when I see 2022, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> might as well be 2023. Might as well be 2023. 2022 right now? I don't know about that. It's easy. They do it for pre-orders. Isn't it going to start backfiring though? Like this can't, this can't, I just still know. Some companies can weather this storm. Not everybody can weather this storm. I would think more and more after No Man's Sky, after Anthem, after Cyberpunk, a lot of these companies are going to be like, dude, why in the frick would you show the game that early? We got three or four more years before this game's even going to ship. What are you doing? Do you remember? New, new viewer, uh, totally agree. Oh, thanks for being here. Hey, if you're new, this is what we do Monday through Friday. Variety gaming topics. I'm safe for work. You can hit subscribe and the bell button in confidence. Contribute to the poll. You might be included in the conversation. Thanks for uh, thanks for being here, Troy. Um, and, and, and Jessica thinks I'm hilarious. Thank you. Uh, see, somebody thinks I'm funny. Chat. Huh. Anyway, the do you guys remember the, the early gameplay of Division? Do you remember? He walks up to this chest and he like opens it and this like digital readout's like ding and it puts up like a hologram of the gun and it's got all the stats. That was never in the game. <laughs> that was never in the game. It was just a concept. We literally watched like some intern's project. He's like, yeah, this might be a cool way to show off the guns and it never even made it to the game. It never even made it to the game. So, the, the did you remember Watch Dogs? Do you remember Watch Dogs? They promoted Watch Dogs. His coat's like flapping in the wind, and like newspapers and dust and debris. And he's like scanning people with his phone. We're like, oh my gosh, a living city. This is crazy. And then it launches, and you're like. What on earth? 
What did I did I buy the wrong game? <laughs> did I buy Watchdogs Light? What is this? Did I pay for a demo? It was so different. Because you market the game, you market the game before it's even close to being ready. And everything changes over those years. More and more and more, I cannot see that marketing structure working. I can't see the publishing companies or the developers being like, I got a great idea. What's that? Well, uh, project estimates ship date is uh, four and a half to five years from now. Let's put out a trailer. Shut up. No. We, why would we do that? Oh, come on. We'll get everybody excited. It'll be so cool. Why would you do that, though? We don't, we don't even know if that's what the game's going to be in five years. We're, we're just now building it. We're, we're in pre-production. Yeah, but it'd be really exciting and fun, right? We'll get a lot of pre-orders promise them they'll get a gun skin <laughs> I I feel like the the sands are shifting the, the, the ground is shifting beneath that marketing strategy more and more and more if, if a game like CD Projekt Red I'm sorry, if a game like Cyberpunk from CD Projekt Red can, can fall into this trap and make this mistake then I think more and more you're going to see game companies say no, we're not doing that. It's not worth it. There is too much, especially if they've ever designed a single game ever before. If you've ever designed a single game before, you know how much the project changes over the years. The version of Anthem we saw was a sandbox created for the CEO. Yeah, the original concept for Anthem was a survival game with like a dynamic weather system. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh and it was called it was called beyond wasn't it it was called beyond they had t-shirts I want one of those t-shirts dude I want one for a game that never for a game title that never happened to infinity and beyond why would you name the game beyond by the way like who was who did that man that <laughs> we're gonna call our game underneath what underneath what ah it's it's metaphorical (laughs) your name's taser face (laughs) it's metaphorical anyway uh murph dog i actually enjoyed cyberpunk and i played 100 plus hours on it during the first couple of weeks not having multiplayer is not a deal breaker for me as i loved it and seeing cd project Red working on fixing the problems is cool in my book uh, yes, it should not have launched broken, but nevertheless, still a fun game. Glad some folks are enjoying it. Seriously, I'm glad that people are enjoying it. Um, because, you know, I, you feel bad for the developers, you know? You, you, you feel bad for the developers. When you take a game design class, you realize how BS the prices for weapon skins actually are? No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Prices can't be BS because price is determined by the market. The the price of a Fortnite skin or a gun skin, there is no right or wrong price. The price is determined by the market. Supply and demand, baby. Supply and demand. Bottled water, you know? You go to the store and you buy bottled water. You if you live in a city with good water filtration and good tap water like I do, like in Louisville, what what are you buying? 
it's a thing. People buy it. Supply and demand. There's a consumer base willing to buy bottled water. There's a consumer base willing to buy, you know, I don't glitter bombs. There's a willing consumer base to buy a skin in a video game. The market determines price, dude. Not your sentimentality. It never will. Your your sentimentality on microtransactions will never determine the price of something. Never. Never. The market will. Seventy dollar games equals BS. Have you ever actually looked at the inflation of uh, inflation price of video games and how it hasn't really budged? I'd be interested to hear argumentation on why you think that's BS. Because game prices almost haven't changed at all. They almost haven't changed at, at all. I remember DVD. I remember the price of like a DVD. A DVD. A DVD price has almost tripled when it, when it, when a movie launches. It's almost tripled, and video games haven't budged. Album prices have all but all but tripled. They're like double what they used to be. You know? And and video games went from 50 to 60 and they stayed at 60 for 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 years. And it's just it's it's an, it's completely endured all inflation of all other digital media. Games are pushing 100 million budgets and more. Right. The the, the cost that goes into these games is it's not even it's not even in the realm. N64 games were 70. Yeah, I, I remember buying the entire collector's edition of like Diablo 2 for $60. It was like the it was like the game and all the DLC for 60 bucks. It was like this big wide box. I might still have it. And here we are in 2021 and people are going to expect Diablo 4 to be the same price. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. We used to buy games for 60, period. Now we buy games as service that require constant added costs, at least some of them. Yeah, but that, that that's that's not a constant. That's not a standard in the industry. You can't act like that's the standard. You could buy... There There are more games you can buy right now that you don't need internet for than there are that, that require it. Games that require all these added costs are actually in the minority. Now, if you want to be like, well, I need internet to download the games, all those great indie titles or whatever from, you know, the Epic Store or the Steam Store or whatever. Uh, okay. Like, I, I uh, that's negligible at that point. That's not really them adding cost to you as a consumer. That's just the mechanism for getting the game has expanded beyond you needing to go to the store, which is probably better for, for you, I would, I would think. Um, so... Again, again, market determines the cost of something. There's a reason that all these microtransactions exist at the prices that they do because the, the, the consumer the consumer is buying it and the company is continuing to sell it. You know? I've continued to say, if I set up a lemonade stand on the corner of some street that was very, very busy and I was selling, like, a, uh, a, a teeny, like, shot glass of lemonade for five dollars and you'd walk up and tell people in line what are you doing you're so dumb why are you spending five dollars for the shot glass of lemonade they'd be like it's good it's refreshing it's hot out there's nothing around for miles you know this location is high traffic and there's nowhere to get any drinks so yeah i got no problem spending this five dollars now if you came to me and you were like the price of this lemonade shot is, is unbelievable. I'd be like, oh, okay. Do you want to tell that to the bundles of cash I'm making? What are you talking about? 
I'd be an idiot. It's it, it would be a terrible business decision for me to be like, oh, you're right. I'm sorry that the price of this lemonade shot hurt your feelings. I'll start charging a dollar instead. Why would you do that? Like I said, I dislike coffee, so here's my monthly coffee and plastic money. Thank you for the 25 spot, Freddie Jackson. You the best. I mean, you could buy a burger for $1,000. So I understand that. What I'm saying is that when you find out how easy it is to make the reskin, you realize how overblown it is. What Do, do, you, do you want to study any other industry in existence? <laughs> do you, why, look at the cost of tennis shoes get into get into like industry production studies of like clothing or tennis shoes <laughs> you think you think a skin in a video game is overblown do you, do you, do we need to do this do we need to break down like the cost of making like a t-shirt or a pair of tennis shoes or the socks that are on your feet right now come on do Come on, dude. That's business 101. <laughs> That's business 101. We can make this thing here for $2. Wow, that's crazy. What are we going to sell it for? A thousand. What? People are going to do that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, they will. <laughs> Like, it's like every business in existence. How cheap can we make it? And how much can we sell it for? <laughs> this seems wrong. What do you mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? What do you mean? What, you ask them what the, what, the, what the profit margin on your, uh, your dollar and a half soda at the restaurant is. Ask them. What's the margin on that? Oh, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> we make like 99 cents out of the dollar. Like it's that's essential to most businesses. That's essential to the flow of said product production and and the continuance of it is that if that margin's fat, then it's just going to keep on coming. The game's going to keep coming, you know, the the it's yeah, it, it, it. now you get into a different scenario when you talk about like a $2,300 burger. That, that's, yeah, that's more of like a uh, novelty status item. So now you're talking about, you know, yachts, boats, um, you know, expensive cars and homes. The average product that the average consumer consumes or purchases has a margin on it that would probably blow your mind. HDMI cables at, a, at an electronics store, you know, a skin in Fortnite, you know, a pair of tennis shoes. It the, the margin on it would blow your mind. It it it, it usually is obscene. It's, it's it's how they make it's how they make their money. It's how they that's how they're success. So why the business is so successful? <clears throat> Toxic shot with a comment on the poll. I have almost 15 to 20 hours of the gameplay so far. I like the game very much. Minimal problems during my playtime so far. Just waiting for all the patches to get in before jumping back in. I'm waiting for that No Man's Sky moment. That's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for that. I will play Cyberpunk. I'm committed to playing it when it has its No Man's Sky moment. You know? That's... That's what I'm waiting for. I want the game to rise from the ashes, and then we'll dive in and check it out. I like when games pull that off. 
I think it's I think it's exciting. I think it's it's obviously not the norm. We don't want we, you know this always kind of surprises me uh, when I talk about No Man's Sky or I talk about other games. We usually get caught up in this, but Lono, if we if we basically say this is okay, doesn't that mean that companies are going to continue to make and shovel out crap and fix it in post? They're gonna, they're you know, they're gonna they're gonna fix it later. They're gonna fix it in post. The truth is, most companies will not make that their marketing plan. There's not going to be uh, a developer or a publisher that says, "Listen, No Man's Sky pulled it off. This company over here pulled it off. Let's do it. Let's ship garbage and endure the the public embarrassment and the ridicule and the and the law." And, and you know, obviously, Cyberpunk made a bunch of money, but another company wouldn't have pulled that off. Another company wouldn't have pulled that off. If you try and launch a game like that and you don't have a lot behind you, you don't have a lot backing you, there's only a couple of games that can endure this kind of thing. Bungie endured it with Destiny because it was Bungie and they made a ridiculous amount of money on vanilla Destiny. Cyberpunk, they've made an obscene amount of money because it's it's CD Projekt Red and the marketing convinced a bunch of people to buy the game. But the average company, the average game developer or publisher is not going to be like, you know what, guys, let's do that. That's a, that's a strategy right there. Now, bigger companies might. Bigger companies might. But even then, that's a gamble. That's a gamble. You know that publishers are risk-averse, right? It's why we get so many sequels. It's why we get so many... Um, we get so few new intellectual property or new games because it's very risky. They're risk averse. So I can't even see some of the bigger companies and the bigger publishers being like, well, it worked for Cyberpunk. Let's just do it. Let's make a quick buck. Who cares if we get if we get bad reviews and criticize? It doesn't matter. Um I I don't know. At least most games are not like train simulator microtransactions. That's a lot of micros. I don't know. To me, to me, I I don't see that becoming the norm. I know other people think that's going to become the norm. They're like, no, 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 Lono. If we if Cyberpunk redeems itself and gets praised, No Man's Sky redeemed itself and got praised. Witcher Three redeemed itself and it got praised, right? If 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 that becomes the norm, then other game companies are going to do this on purpose. They're going to ship something that's crap and they're going to fix it later. I just I really really don't think so. I just, I absolutely don't. I don't think that most companies are going to make that part of their strategy. I can't see pitching that to a publisher or a publisher pitching that to a developer. Hey, you know what our game plan should be? What's that? Just make a crap game and then we'll fix it later. Number one, you got to make a bunch of money on the front end or the plan doesn't work. Number two, what about ongoing subsidization of the, of the project? Where's that money coming from? Like, where's that money coming from? Like, Hello Games is a bit of... They're they're an anomaly, right? They're passionate, they're a very small, and they're a very efficient development company. And they continue to sell the game at full cost, and the the actual updates don't cost anything. So, their their subsidization... That's a weird word. Subsidization of the game comes from that. 
not every game can have an ongoing way to have revenue stream coming in it's not it's not possible if you don't have a passionate diehard player base that jumps in right away your game will be non-existent very very fast look at lawbreakers for an example of a game that it didn't even ship bad it just wasn't liked so that if it doesn't have a player base the game dies it disappears people always want to say oh dead game dead game this game's a dead game this game sucks this game's garbage it's like no 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 a dead game is a game like lawbreakers or radical heights where literally no one is playing it's shut down gone non-existent no 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 dlc no expansions nothing good day sir like it's it it's over i you you can't bank on that it won't be pitches to marketing strategy it'll be we're five years in development the game needs to go out it isn't ready let's just hype it up make false promises and at a timeline of fixes two months later i would not be surprised if that continues to happen periodically gilly but i don't think it's going to become the norm i do not think it's going to become the norm i think too many games have I, I think I think Anthem is a cautionary tale of running out of money. It's that that was that had to be that had to be a huge loss. I, I have to think. I don't know if if the if the if the reports will ever come out if we'll ever be able to see what, what you know what what happened with Anthem. I think Anthem is a cautionary tale about that. I I, I just I don't know. I don't know. More and more, I don't think big companies are going to p- try and do that or or push for that. You know, it, it does get it, it. What it feels like to me, the real issue is is pre-production. Pre-production seems to be the issue. If they can't get the game into development cycles early, then they stall out, run out of time, crunch, shove out an incomplete product, and everyone's angry. Developers are angry, right? How could you not how could you not be angry as the developer? A good example of it didn't work should be acceptable in every circumstance is Andromeda. Launched poorly, wasn't fixed very well, never really gained traction after patches, a shame, but BioWare and EA blew it on their biggest and best franchise. Right. You got Andromeda, you got Anthem. There's a handful of games that it just didn't work for. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Godfall, how much money did that game make? It doesn't seem like it'll become the norm. There's too many cautionary tales out there. I think what happened to CD Projekt Red and, and, and Cyberpunk is is an even bigger cautionary tale because of who they are and what they what their standing was in the industry. Do you think there's a disc between, disconnect between predicting what a game's development will be and what a game development actually is? Is the field changing too quickly to predict? This is what it feels like to me, Zubair. Every article I've read, every interview I've read, from the the big long one about Anthem to what I read recently about Dying Light 2 to what I've read about CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk. It is a corporate infection that... I want to say it concisely. It's a corporate infection that doesn't understand development and sets demands, expectations, and timelines rooted in desire rather than ignor- rather than information. So it's an it's 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 rooted in ignorance rather than information. 
everything I've read recently, it feels like there's this corporate side to development that's a lot of disconnected either old heads or people that do not understand development. They don't understand timelines. Like The stuff I was reading about Dying Light, it was like, they're asking us to do stuff we can't even friggin' do. They barge into meetings, they they sidetrack, sideline, and they don't understand development, they don't understand pipeline, and they're just sitting here asking for stuff. It's like, we can't even friggin' do that. Get the heck out of here, right? It all seems to bottleneck at pre-production and the, and the, and the corporate the corporate infection continues to poison stuff is kind of what it feels like to me I think we will likely see it on poorly managed games to try to recoup and at least break even on games that aren't ready just to keep the doors open for the next IP right yeah I mean they definitely lost that on stock I mean that's that's uh if you make a bunch of revenue but your your, your company's stock value plummets that's not good that's not good your shareholders are angry I'm gonna pull out I'm gonna sell you're gonna lose a lot of that you're gonna lose a lot of that shareholding backing like you it's I don't know I am completely disconnected from development I've never worked for a large development company I worked for a small uh, tech company that essentially he the, the guy that ran the company said he said what what stands us apart from other companies is project management he said the number one killer of almost all projects big or small is project management he said it could be a mobile app, it could be a website, it could be uh, a custom application for a business to internally synergize their systems of inventory and shipping and logistics. He was like, it doesn't matter. Project management is where these these projects live and die. And from 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 where I sit and from everything I've read, most of these companies have terrible project management because you have people in positions that don't understand development. It was like when I worked at AT&T and the area manager would come in and he had no idea what it was like to be a sales rep of the current generation of what we were trying to sell. We were trying to sell cell phones with data packages and text packages and internet and accessories. We were trying to get people to sign up for very, very expensive television packages for UVerse. Okay? And juggling all those balls. It was like, this guy has no idea what it takes to sell in this market. No idea. He, he was a salesman when cell phones were all the rage and they were giving everything away. They could give the customer a free case and a free car charger. Why? Because all cell phone companies were interested in in the beginning stages of cell phone, the cell phone boom was when the industry exploded, all they wanted was customers. You would get everybody on a plan at a ridiculous loss. Here's a phone. Here's a car charger. Here's a steak dinner. Here's a pat on the back. It's all free. Why? All they wanted was customers. You didn't need to be a sales rep. You just need to be a chimpanzee that could throw con like you could just throw stuff at the customer and hit the ring out button and sign them up on a plan. That's all you had to be was just a freaking monkey and just throw the free product at the consumer. You didn't have to convince them to do anything. Then you're talking to me in when 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 did I work there last? I don't even remember. I graduated. You're talking to me in you know 2009, and I'm trying to convince them to get an iPhone, an internet package, a text package for all their family members, and I'm trying to get their television, and I'm trying to explain to them DVR. Like I am trying to sell them on a 
a cornucopia of perks and features and 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 all this and connecting that value to the customer's needs or wants is a freaking it's a juggling act it's a juggling act and you're going to come in here as an old fuddy-duddy that could like push a bunch of free product across the counter to the customer and be like I used to sell like crazy back in the day shut the frick up you're nothing you got to hand them everything I got to actually sell them on the product that's what's happening in development companies you have people in positions that have no idea what the, the, the workflow of development and production is now and they walk in and they're like we need to do this and we need to do that and it needs to be done by Friday and they're like who what huh why are you even saying that so essentially this happens in the corporate world all of the time people get promoted based on their tenure not based on their qualifications and when I read this stuff about Anthem, and when I read this stuff about Dying Light, it all sounds the same to me. You have people in positions of oversight that are freaking clueless, and they ruin pre-production, they ruin planning, and they ruin development. And so, hey man, we got we got five years to build this game, and these morons eat up two, two and a half, three of those years. And then the poor developers are breaking their back to ship a product because these these idiots in charge don't know what the frick they're doing. As I said, it all comes back to project management. And the biggest flops and the biggest failures and the biggest embarrassments in in the industry so far, Anthem, Cyberpunk, that's what it comes down to. It's like the project management was a joke. What were you guys doing? These poor developers, you were doing crunch because your pre-production and your planning and your deadlines were, that's, that's your fault. Why are you crunching these people? That's my armchair, zoom out, 30,000 feet diagnosis of what's going on is the companies are enormous and you have this populace of qualified engineers and developers down here and then you have leadership. And in a lot of cases, you have a lot of managers. You don't have leaders. You don't have leaders. There's an enormous difference between a manager and a leader. And these companies need leaders. People to cast the vision. This is what we need to do. This is what we want to build. Own own that project. Own that project management of, of timelines. What are you working on? When's it going to be done? How long is this going to take? So you can speculate project completions and tie it all together in a nice big bow. That's what you need. Right now you don't have that. Every every article I've read where like the people that work there start exposing what's going on at the company. I'm like, who the frick is in charge? Where do these people even come from? They don't even know what they're doing. They're asking things of the developers they can't even do. I don't know. That's that's my speculation. Is the bigger the game, the bigger the project, the bigger the company, the more poorly it's typically managed. From where I sit, that's what's been going on. That's that's what I feel has been going on. <clears throat> Were you at my company? Sounds familiar. Sounds similar. The the I'm telling you the the American the American corporate world is is essentially built on still to this day so much of the american corporate world 
is built on post-industrial revolution sentimentality and management style. From the way you, this could get really, really busy, but from philosophy of wage to philosophy of management style to philosophy of how people uh, climb up the company ladder, the corporate ladder, it's all ancient. It's just ancient. It's archaic and awful. Companies that have taken uh, a, a younger leadership staff and newer approaches and newer newer ways of thinking about the philosophy of how to treat the the employee from the perspective of the wage they earn to hours to time off to vacation there, there are there are plenty of companies that are changing the corporate structure and seeing big big benefits that's going to be the next booming industry by the way i think I think the next booming industry will be companies that come in and restructure and const- and contextualize your corporate your corporate world into the age that we're living in now, into the modern age or where, where, whatever age we're in now, whatever you want to call it. Bringing your company into the the 21st century or whatever. I think there's going to be a booming industry for that of businesses that have proof of concept. We applied all these different structures to the business and to the corporate structure and look at the revenue we've made. And that's what companies like that are going to understand. They're going to understand we can increase revenue, we can increase margins if we if we let this company come in and restructure us essentially. And development companies are they're probably going to need some of this, I would think. Especially if publishers own them and they're looking at the structure and they're saying, you just keep you just keep shoveling out crap. You just keep shoveling out crap. What's going on? Well, eventually you gotta look at leadership. Eventually you gotta look at the higher ups and say, What what not what on earth are you doing here? What on what on earth are you doing? I I don't know. In my experience with the, with a lot of the companies that I've worked for or worked with or worked alongside of, uh, that's that's what I think is happening is too many companies are stuck um, with bad leadership and bad philosophy so um, the old school way of thinking is getting old like Target getting outed with the take your bathroom break before you clock in signs (laughs) Uh, yeah Uh, Mr. Wait, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, yeah, Mr. Frugal says, not a deal breaker for me. I've got 200 hours in already. I was fortunate enough to barter for a 3080 card, so it runs great. One of the lucky ones. (laughs) One of the lucky ones. So you can actually run the game the way, uh, that it's, that it's intended to be run. Um, I misspelled lucky. (laughs) I have a 3080. <laughs> I have a 3080. I can actually run the game the way that it was designed. Good for you. Good for you. Guys, we need about 70 people to hit the like button and we'll hit 500 likes. If you're new, you've enjoyed the conversation. Remember, it supports me if you hit the like button. It helps the video get recommended. Also, if you want to be part of these polls and daily conversations, don't forget to, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and the bell button. And thanks so much for being here. Couple more responses to the poll here. Let's refresh and see where the results have landed. Uh, we were over 600. Ooh, just a couple of votes away from 700. I refreshed a little early on that rollover. Um, Wheezy says, I have a 3080, but that doesn't stop the game from sucking. <laughs> Good old Wheezy, always coming in. Uh, Dauntless Gaming said, Personally, I was looking forward to it, but I'm not okay with it. I would prefer 
all the mechanics we're supposed to get are implemented and working well and future DLC is promising uh, I want Cyberpunk 2077 to have a redemption arc I do I want to I want it to have a redemption arc I, I like that for games and I don't know I, the funny thing is the funny thing is is that uh, I didn't even play Witcher 3 to completion and it's a game that I I constantly praise and tell people to check out I did the same thing to Monster Hunter right now I didn't like Monster Hunter I didn't like Monster Hunter but I was like it's a great game it's a good game lots of depth amazing build potential I just didn't like the content loop I thought fighting the monsters was incredibly boring right and so the um the 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 Witcher 3 debacle for me was that I streamed on a platform the purple platform is run by volume okay so a game like Witcher 3 or other games launch and you know the same 20 people benefit and then two weeks later no one cares about the game so no one's watching right and whenever I looked at that game in particular I knew I couldn't play it at the time I was trying to grow my channel so I was averaging you know 30 to 50 viewers and if I stream that game I streamed to like 8 people so I couldn't, I couldn't play it so I always told people like it's the greatest game that I could never play even when we were trying to do something fun and creative in the afternoons and I would like do a voice and try to make it funny and I really started to enjoy it it, uh, it just didn't work you know the support just wasn't there that other platform is just 100% run by volume and and uh, and relevancy. Now this this site, you know, you know, YouTube is certainly run by relevancy and search, you know, search algorithms. But but it uh, it's definitely more about the recommendations and if you're creating good content, you get really good suggestions and people find your content so you can branch out a little bit more over here. But The Witcher 3 was always that game that I just couldn't play it. I, 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 I couldn't play it. I couldn't I couldn't put the time in to really, really enjoy it. But I knew it was a great game. I knew they had really done great things with it, especially the DLC. They were really, really generous to the uh, to the audience that supported the game. And so I have this weird sort of in not infatuation. It's like, man, I love the company and I love their games, even though I never really played Witcher 3 and I've never really played Cyberpunk. And I'm just like, man, I really hope this game can can fix itself and, and have a, I call it a No Man's Sky moment. I want it to have that. Um, what tier of membership do I need to join to get you to do an entire episode in a bad accent? <laughs> Shut up, Zubair. <laughs> uh, um, I've done grinding, so whatever you need, Outriders, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wheezy's all about it, dude. Wheezy's all about it. He's putting in the work. He's putting in the work in Outriders. I still can't get over the sadness from Anthem being canceled. Such a unique game. Anthem is... Anthem... You know what I was thinking about the other day when I was playing Outriders? I wish... I wish it was Anthem. (laughs) I wish it was Anthem. I was like, man, th- these environments are so pretty and so beautiful, and you know, Outriders is good, and it's it, it's it's obviously knows what it wants to be. It's very linear in its design. Um, it's, but but it makes me wish it was Anthem. 
because I just I, there was something about that. There was something about the flying around. There was something about the the big open spaces and the landscapes. I I really really liked it. And I don't know. It it it, it just it bums me out every time I think about it. And it was weird. It was weird to play to play Outriders and to and to and to miss Anthem. It was kind of like a weird unexpected thing. I was not expecting to have this this reminder of like I don't know, Anthem was just it was it was a great great sandbox, but that's about it, you know. It was a good it was good good mechanics and that was there was nothing beneath it. It was like a really really great demo. Long demo. I was like, yeah, come play this game, check it out. This is what it's going to be like and then it just never got it never went beyond that. It just was super 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 unfortunate, you know. Super unfortunate. Uh, let's see here. Zubair commented on the poll. There is so much entertainment available, TV, movies, and games, that a new offering needs to be exceptional to get onto my to-do list. Multiplayer isn't an issue, as the generally bad state has already disqualified the game. If they turn it around, I may come around. I will definitely check this game out if Cyberpunk turns it around. If they if they turn it around. I will definitely check this game out. Um, uh, I I hate not playing games because they're so so bad, and then finding out later that they got better. There was a Batman game that was horrible at launch. What we, and people told me like, oh, it was actually good later on. You know. Um, genuine inquiry about the poll. You missed my comment. It's fine. No biggie. Just busting you up a bit. Um... Did you leave a comment on the poll, or you you said something in chat, derp? I'm not I'm not seeing, uh, I'm not seeing what you said. Um, Five dollar tip from uh, Chris ter- Christopher Wright. EA dropped the ball when it came to making Bioware work with an engine they had no experience with. That was one of the bad bad decisions early on. One of the bad decisions early on. That wasn't the only bad decision. The pre production planning was completely it was a complete disaster and that's a, that's on bioware uh bioware leadership was was terrible i'm the first one before you um i do not see your comment i see mine 2 hours ago and then after that i i see everybody else i i don't see your comment beneath mine i see robert jones beneath mine so i don't know what happened I'm glad Wheezy says I'm glad Anthem died as I've said before it was such a crap show and I'm glad that Bioware took egg on their face after multiple bad releases and people are rightfully ticked at Bioware uh Gilly says do you think it's okay for Anthem to still be 60 at all in stores it is weird for them to be still selling the game since it's basically over but I guess they're they're, they're selling a complete product are they not they're selling they're selling a complete product your own comments are pinned at the top. Yeah, I think you probably got tricked into thinking that you commented right after me. Anthem is not a complete product. I mean, I'm not going to have this debate with you, but it is. It is. There's there's four there's four javelins. There's a complete story. There is plenty to do there for sixty. I I I think being full price, whatever. We could have that debate. It. 
as a live service game, no, it's not complete. But they added they and they they added a couple of things with the cataclysms and stuff. Like I I don't know. To to me to me I I don't I don't think you can say that the game itself is is not oh it should be free it shouldn't cost anything it's a complete product you can buy that game right now and have a pretty good amount of hours in the game before you hit the the the, the no end game wall and they fixed all the inscriptions so you can actually create some really good builds come on uh, correct that guy EA had nothing to do with Bioware using the dice engine uh, no you're that's incorrect. They made the choice back during DA Dragon Inquisition. No, 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 no. You guys got that one wrong. Go read the article. EA pushed them to use the engine because they didn't, they, they, they basically make more profit margin when they use that engine. That was 100% something that EA pushed for with Anthem to the point that the developers had to create the actual flight mechanics because they didn't exist in the engine. That 100% is something that EA pushed for. Um, so, but, but again, I don't think we lay that at EA's feet. That was one of a litany of bad decisions that took place in the pre-production of Anthem. And insistence upon using dice. Yeah, they were heavily incentivized to use that engine. I don't know if they were necessarily forced, but come on. Not just a flight, the UI... Yeah, you might want to go and read up a little bit on that. It was not Bioware, and it's not Dice. It's Frostbite. Sorry. Yeah. Well, it's the Dice engine, right? Dice engine. It's called Frostbite. Yeah, it's a box of razors, is how they described it. Um, not to mention, you got to remember what else happened. EA took some of the best Frostbite engineers and moved them to another project, so they couldn't assist with Anthem. And a lot of the Anthem devs talked about how, like, when they wanted to get help, they were not prioritized. Like, if they encountered a problem and they were trying to debug something, and they went through, like, the channels of getting help on on the engine, that help was prioritized to the other project where the other engineers had been moved. It was a disaster for moment one. Again, I'm not going to lay that at EA's feet. After that happened, if they would have started building the game instead of dorking around for two and a half to three years, it would have been a great game. Look at how good the game was, and they built it in like 18 months. It was actually not that bad. It had no end game, but for a game built in 18 months, gee, many Christmas. Imagine if they would have spent four years building that game. It would have been phenomenal. It would, it would have been amazing. They messed around for forever. They wasted so much valuable time. So sure, EA certainly gave them, you know, a tall order of using an engine that wasn't essentially good for Anthem to be built in, but then they added gas to the fire. And they're like, "Let's try and build the game in 18 months after we've after we've farted around for 3 years." There were 20 comments when I wrote mine. Surprised I got read first. I just hit refresh and start reading. I don't really sort it. I don't really sort it. Um, so, it it is a part of the puzzle. Yes. EA pushing them to use the Frostbite engine was a part of the puzzle that led to Anthem's downfall and led to Anthem's bad development. 100% was a part of the equation. But the bigger aspect in the equation, 
the, 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 the more significant aspect of the equation was the horribly managed zero leadership pre-production that that's where all the problems stem from EA did not make them when the publisher is really pushing for you to use an engine it's probably not really a negotiable homie like go read Schreier's article on it I, I, I don't think it was up for debate I don't think Bioware could come back and be like, absolutely not. No, we're going to use this other one. It was, it, I believe it was, it might have even been woven into the margins of the contract. Schreier said the opposite. No, okay, okay. Here's what might, might have happened. Maybe they were heavily incentivized to use it. And then the higher ups at Bioware were like, well, we'll take the extra money. EA gave them extra money to use it. Yeah, I think I think you guys are you're missing the bigger picture here. EA made it to where the game was going to be developed in that engine. <laughs> That's how it went. That's how it went. We we got to go to to my next segment. We got to go to my next segment. I got to give you my 10 minute talk about multiplayer canceled games in a rough spot. I got to scroll through my segments. If you're listening to this elsewhere, always be sure to check out sntrlive.com. And if you're in the live audience, don't go anywhere. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about multiplayer and cyberpunk. Was it canceled and why is the game in such a bad spot still? If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, any of the other locations, you can always catch me live at SNTRlive.com. We do these discussions Monday through Friday during the day. Uh, Eastern time in the morning and sntrlive.com will bring you there. So this is more about, uh, there's more to this than just multiplayer getting canceled. Uh, Some of the answers that CD Projekt Red gave in interviews about the multiplayer led me to do a little bit more digging and a little bit more research. And I found some very, very interesting quotes literally a day ago. It was posted about the game still not being in the Sony store and what that means for this game currently and maybe even long term. So my take right now is that this game can have what I call a no man's sky moment. It can redeem itself. They can put a lot of work into it and it can have that big turnaround moment, but it is not going to happen anytime soon. Their dialogue about the multiplayer is honestly confusing and vague. It's like they have something else going on behind the scenes that they can't tell us about. And the way that they approach the most recent patch, while it addressed a litany of problems, the base game still seems to be extremely rough around the edges, and it still doesn't run very well at all on old consoles, and it's still not available in the Sony store. My biggest concern is that the old-gen consoles are going to continue to be a massive time sink and waste of resources, as this game will likely never run exceptionally well or stable on those old-gen pieces of tech. So, Cyberpunk 2077 launched to a litany of criticisms. Not only does CD Projekt Red have a lot to live up to, given their history with titles like The Witcher 3, but the way it was marketed and the way it was advertised, it led many to believe this game would be a massive game-changer in the industry. From the embarrassing performance on old consoles to Sony removing it from the digital store and now the news about the standalone multiplayer sort of getting the axe. Many are curious if this game will ever get to where it was supposed to be. Can it pull the same comeback story from such a fall from grace, the likes of something like the vein of No Man's Sky? That remains to be seen. I for one hope it happens. I love games kind of pulling themselves up out of the dirt and pouring passion and love to fix it. But 
it remains to be seen. I feel they have a very, very long way to go. So what do we know about the multiplayer getting canceled? I don't have a lot to say in this section because honestly, we don't know much. President Adam Kaczynski, I, I'm, I, I'm not sure of how you say that one, he said in a strategy update that they were modifying their strategy about online experiences in the games they make and said they would be focusing on bringing online into all CD Projekt Red franchises one day. In addition, they would be working on an online technology to integrate into all of their games. So this is a lot of corporate speak, okay? This is a lot of weird, you know, camouflaged PR language. I don't understand exactly what this means, that they want to bring online to all the franchises one day, and they're working on technology to integrate it into all their games. So, Witcher 3, you know, you're suddenly going to have online in that game? Like, I don't know. Are they going to create a Witcher world? This might have something to do with the parallel development they have planned for 2022. We're probably going to do a separate video about that. They've outlined what they want to do for 2022, which includes another Witcher, and it includes plans for, for Cyberpunk. He went on to say the following. So this is a direct quote from, uh, from Adam Kaczynski. Previously, we hinted that our next AAA title would be a multiplayer cyberpunk game, but we have decided to reconsider this plan given our new, more systemic and agile approach. Instead of primarily focusing on one big online experience or game, we're focusing on bringing online into all of our franchises one day. Now, again, this feels like corporate speak. This feels like PR. This doesn't necessarily feel like any details. This is a little confusing. You have to start, you know, reading into it and parsing it out. So you're going to create a complete, you know, infrastructure for all of your games. Am I going to be able to play Witcher 3 with other people? How would that even look? Is it going to become an MMO? What does that mean? What would progression in the game like? Shared game world, trading, blah, 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 blah. That, that, that's one game and one example of what honestly does this mean? And that's the next section. What, is, what does this mean? CD Projekt Red seems to be casting a vision beyond just Cyberpunk 2077 and the potential that it has for multiplayer. Even with the poor reception of Cyberpunk, they likely have plans that are bigger than just one title. As a developer, they obviously aren't going to put all their eggs in this basket. They clearly didn't. It did not launch well. It runs very, very poorly uh, across all spectrums. I know PC, you can kind of get it running decently, but it still looks very, very rough around the edges. And that can't be the only thing they're focusing on. That's probably not good for the company. It's probably not good for morale. It's it's also probably not good for any future projects that they want to work on. Now, they went on to clarify... So this technology that they're building, what's it going to be for? So they went on to clarify, and again, it doesn't clarify much, but it gives us another insight into what might be going on. This is a direct quote. With this technology in place, we can start to grow an online community powered by our own GOG Galaxy platform. I guess GOG. That sounds terrible. GOG Galaxy platform. It connects gamers both inside and outside of our games. I don't know what that means. That could mean... A, a whole host of things, okay? They, they, they could be building to integrate with social aspects. Maybe they want you to have like a social profile and it connects with all of the games and sharing and I don't know, Twitter integration, streaming integration, who knows? It could be integrations with tools and, and applications you can run on other, on other devices. It could be different sites that they want to build to have a more integrated community experience. It could be for mobile, 
Th- they could be looking at mobile companion apps or 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 mobile games. I don't know. It could also mean they want mobile synergy since mobile gaming market is a booming industry and they would expand their reach of any of the games they develop in the future if they want to actually tap into how large that market is beyond just like, hey, we got a great console PC launch. The question is, will it matter? Like, is this going to be the way forward, not just for Cyberpunk, but for CD Projekt Red in in general? Since their sort of biggest claim to fame, Witcher 3, is a single-player game that they poured a lot of love and a lot of time and passion into fixing it after launch and DLC after launch. Is an, an online technology you know, integration into all their games. Is that really where they need to go? Because again, I want this game to flourish and be another comeback kid. I love what's happened with No Man's Sky. I know there are people concerned about that. They're like, if we start to back games that launch poorly redeeming themselves, game companies might continue to do this as a force of habit. Like they're gonna be like, well, let's just make a bunch of money on the launch. And then if it's bad, we can fix it later. I don't necessarily think that since publishers are very risk averse, they're not going to back bad projects or losing projects, but it could mean that deadlines continue to dictate when a game comes out and then they try to fix it in post after making a ton of money after a successful marketing campaign. And especially if you have a big name behind the project, this definitely happened with Destiny 1 Vanilla as well as Cyberpunk. You have a big developer behind it, you hype it up with really, really good marketing, you make a bundle of cash, the game's a disaster, and you fix it later. That could continue to happen, but I don't think it's going to become normative or more common just because it's incredibly risky and you could end up losing billions of dollars on a failed project. So, lastly, still rough. The game is still rough. We're not quite done yet with this game. Even with the recent patch and update, Cyberpunk 2077 is still incredibly rough around the edges. The launch on older consoles has still not been completely rectified in the eyes of Sony, as the game is still absent from the PlayStation Store. Now, this was just reported yesterday by The Gamer in an article. They did an interview, and someone from CD Projekt Red claimed, I think it was Kowalski or something like that, I thought I put his name lower. Uh, Michael uh, Nowakowski. Michael Nowakowski stated that we believe not being in the PlayStation Store may also influencing purchasing decisions of not only those playing on PlayStation, but also on other platforms. Like right now, if you're considering buying the game, it sends a pretty loud and clear message that Sony's like, we don't even want that game in our store. Like, that's a, that's a big, big message to the public. And Michael Nowakowski believes that, like, this is influencing purchasing decisions, which, to me, this is a strange thing to say on the heels of you having to outline a patch that was obscene in scope and the number of issues that needed to be fixed, and they're not even done, right? They have another big patch, I think, slated for the fall, someone said. So to, to say and to posture as if not being in the PlayStation Store is influencing purchasing decisions, you know what else is influencing purchasing decisions? It's a disaster of a game in some respects. And and every time I've looked at gameplay, I'm like, I'm not buying that. I, I, I saw the, the old console footage. I was like, are you kidding me? It looks like somebody melted plastic in a microwave. What, what, how did that even happen? That's probably influencing purchasing decisions more than anything. Now, he went on to say, you know, have they done enough to earn their spot back on the storefront? Now, he went on to claim, we do believe we're closer than further. Closer than further. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't buy a lot of confidence from me. But, of course, the final call is theirs. So, the final call is 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 up to 
is up to Sony, okay? They believe they're closer than further. They've, they've, they've gotten closer to the mark, and, you know, they're not they're not as far out as maybe they once were. Now, this, this continues, I think, not being in the Sony store, sort of hangs like a shadow over the game that is still sort of fraught with issues, and this is on the heels of hearing that, like, well, we're not going to do the multiplayer as a standalone thing. We want to focus on multiplayer technology, and we're also going to be doing parallel development in 2022. So, as a consumer, I am hopeful. I would love for this game to become another comeback kid. My speculation that won't happen probably until mid 2022 or late 2022. It can have its big turnaround moment with a big DLC, a big patch, and a big sort of rejuvenation of the title to really bring it centerfold. I think the biggest hurdle for that is old gen consoles. As always, if you're in the audience and if you're listening elsewhere, you can always catch me live at sntrlive.com.